0: Welcome to Australian Humble. I'm your host Ben. On today's show, I've got John Valer, who, best known for his work in Bolt Gun, he released a solo album last year, Float Beneath the Sun. i uh, going to be to that conversation soon, but before then, <laughs> it's funny. So, as a radio host, I had a similar kind of setup. I'd have interviews, I'd play music although I definitely play more music than I do on this podcast, and I'd talk about things either with people who were there with me, or I'd talk solo like I do regularly here. And something that I always talked about every year was the Grammys, because there's something about it that really frustrated me. I neglected to mention it two weeks ago, but uh, the Grammys happened about then. Um, What reminded me of them was the Oscars that just happened, and I thought, hang on. There was an award show for music, which I usually talk about, and I didn't, but I'm going to talk about it now. So I haven't made this spiel um, that I think probably gets a little bit repetitive, and I hope not to repeat it very much, but basically I'm very dissatisfied with the fact that metal is at the Grammys, and it's not for the typical reason. I'm not going to be a purist and say Under shouldn't be in the metal category, Um mm. If they probably shouldn't, but that's a separate kind of thing. Um, but I think the fact that Deaf Heaven and Under Oath were in the same category illustrates the point that I'm going to make. So the nominees were Between the Buried and Me, Deaf Heaven, High on Fire, who won for their track Electric Messiah, Trivium and Under Oath. Whatever you have to say about those particular artists, they all belong on the heavier side of the musical landscape. My my fundamental proposition is this, that the mainstream does not care about a culture, about the scenes that exist throughout the world, and the overwhelming number of stylistic differences that uh, exist and continue to emerge. Some people say that the Grammys need to do a better job of picking the nominees. The problem is that they're not picking the right bands. My problem is not that. I have a different point, and that is to say that Actually they're probably doing a good job <laughs> They're probably doing a good job Of what they're actually trying to do Pick five bands To represent the entirety of heavy music And that honestly represents Hardcore and metal Because it kind of gets conflated In the pop of their imagination So they're probably doing the best job they can And the fact that we're still dissatisfied With that reflects that Perhaps they shouldn't be doing the job at all they don't really care about it so they don't have any interest in properly doing awards for heavy metal and that's fine you know it's not their thing so they shouldn't bother I tend to think that. Like, mainstream shouldn't tr- pretend they care about heavy metal when they don't, and most of the time they don't. So, like, just leave us alone. <laughs> don't drag our music into your silly little award ceremonies and we'll be fine. I'm sure High on Fire we're delighted to receive a Grammy, but honestly, uh, we shouldn't care. And they should just leave us alone and stop inviting us to have our little five minutes in their silly little, you know, award ceremony. Having said that, Metal awards, the you know the mainstream metal awards don't necessarily do much of a better job. Uh, The Golden Gods, which is probably the most well-known award ceremony for heavy metal, has an incredible bias towards mainstream bands, and I just don't think you know that's obviously going to be a lot of a problem a lot of the time. I just don't see the point in an award ceremony which gives awards just well-known bands. Like, what is that achieving? Theoretically, it's recognition, but like recognition of what? The most well known bands are almost certainly not the best bands. <laughs> I think that's something that is almost always true. So, let me go through a couple of the 2018 Golden God winners to help illustrate my point. So, Best Underground, Wolves in the Throne Room, they are probably the best underground band, but like. <laughs> Uh, what is the point of saying, hey, you know that band which you know, and you know specifically as kind of like a not mainstream band? Well, they're a pretty cool underground band. Best UK band, Judas Priest. <laughs> what, like, possibly the, one of the biggest heavy metal bands ever. And to say, like, they're a pretty good UK band, aren't they? Okay. <laughs> Best international band, Arch Enemy. When was the last good album they released? Best live band, Lacuna Coil. Now, I don't, haven't seen Lacuna Coil, so you have to take what I'm going to say with a grain of salt. But I struggle to imagine Lacuna Coil is the best live band, just purely because of their music. Like, there are lots of other bands who have music which I think is much more conducive to a live setting. Defender of the Faith, I don't know what that award means, but they gave it to Parkway Drive. I don't know what they're defending, (laughs) because they are going very bad places very, very quickly. Inspiration, Meshuggah. I don't know what that means, but if we're talking about a band which has inspired a lot of other bands to follow their style, mm, I guess, but that kind of happened, like, 2010, you're a bit late. Um, uh, there's a couple other ones, but Golden God goes to Ozzy Osbourne, fine, that, that one makes sense, if you're going to recognise one of, like, the ultimate people in metal, you know, maybe you could recognise Ozzy, I guess, but, like, what, what is the point of the awards we're trying to give out, Right? and maybe they can say hey this is just the thing we're doing we're giving awards to the best people and we think these are the best people and i can say oh whatever and they can say well actually you know the best uk band are you going to deny it's judas priest and i'd say maybe not but (laughs) what is the point of saying you know giving an award to judas priest as the best uk band what's the function of that and so where does this leave us? I hate all award ceremonies, kind of, but in terms of like actual awards, which I think have a purpose, is the ones that Metal Storm give out might be generous, but the ones that Metal Storm hold, their audience polled, which I always have a little bit against, but I think the way they categorise is kind of gets to the heart of the matter they do a really good job of covering the genres which exist, which I ultimately think is kind of the purpose of this stuff. Putting bands into categories where they're comparable, they have similarities, so they're, it's, it's reasonable to make them play off against each other, and then picking a meaningful winner, like the band who has released the best album in a particular category. Uh, if you're not doing that, I'm not entirely sure what the point is you're doing. Like, ultimately, you're just sucking up to the most popular bands that exist. And that's fine for mainstream institutions to do that. But I mean that, that's their business model. But, like, for me, I don't honestly see the point in that. Like, the point should be to recognize bands who have done incredible things. Bands do incredible things. And you're just not going to find that from looking at the definitely not the metal, best metal performance in the Grammys and definitely not the golden god winners you're just not going to find the broad amazing achievements that metal bands have throughout the year and if it's not recognizing that, then what is its function like what is its function if it's not giving awards just like just some of these amazing things that's come out regardless of their popularity at the time so that that's my thoughts um I definitely went longer than I thought, but that's basically what always happens. The reason I came across the fact that John Valer had a new album out, his debut album, his debut solo album, is I was kind of going through a couple of old bands that I've interviewed, and I was sort of putting them on my list of potential bands to interview. If I expected them to have a new album out this year. Boltgun, I think, is going to have a new album out. Very excited about that. I hope to talk to them about it. But then I was just browsing through their Facebook page and, you know, trying to research that point, and I noticed that Float the Sun... John Vaylor's new album was out. And I thought, that's. I love his music and I love this album. I'd really love to talk to him about it. And it was kind of interesting chat because he's not one of the typical people I talk to, just in his approach. So he's not making like a band music. Like, so I've interviewed soul artists and they've made basically band music, but they just happen to be a single person. This is a different kind of project. It's combining atmosphere with a real focus on the idea of like a score although it's not scoring anything which is something we get into so yeah really really cool stuff the track I play during the middle interview is Dragged From The River this is John Baylor's new album Float Beneath The Sun I was thinking about where to start this and you're one of the more unique people I'm talking to because you're drawing from a kind of world which most people don't. So I thought I might start with that. When do you Mm -hmm. start listening to film scores as sort of appreciating them on their own sort of level?
1: Um, suppose this is kind of a tricky one because... even even going back to sort of the first um, album recordings uh, with a different band that I was working on. So uh, I used to be in a band called Memoria and our first album was kind of an acoustic album and and we got right into making kind of our own foley effects um, and trying to make small narrative kind of scenes in between songs and things like that, Um, just purely out of kind of sound and different ideas. Um and so we we kinda of got into that idea of, of film sound effects and trying to create stories in that kind of way. So film kind of already was uh, I think always in the in the back of my mind. Um and then with with some bolt gun stuff, um we had we got a new you know, had a new album kind of project that sort of was floating around uh in, in our minds which was um related to sort of rescoring um some old films. Um and so from that point on, probably, yeah, probably a couple of years ago now or probably a year and a half ago at least, uh, just starting to, to listen to a lot more kind of classical music in general and listening to a lot of um, going back to the films that I really liked and, and, and just paying far more attention to the uh, to the film scores. Um, so just going back, even like things like uh, um, yeah, Silence of the Lambs and, and Howard Shaw's work, um, and I listened to that score sort of quite intensely um, for several weeks um, and just trying to pay more attention to, to how how the music was kind of built around the film and, and then seeing where that kind of went, I suppose. Um, yeah.
0: Moving on to the album now. Sure. So you're obviously part of Bolt Gun. They do stuff to do with, you know, I think there's a lot of aspects which you could say they have in common. Mm. What, what is it that made you want to say, you know, gun fulfills a particular part of me, but I also want to do this other thing, which is my own separate has other elements, has a di- sort of different focus. What was it that made you want to do that as well?
1: Um, I, I think it goes back to the... Uh, the yeah, probably, I would say, about a year and a half ago, and we, and we had this this film score kind of idea floating around for for a bolt gun album but uh you know with that is is not so much a limitation but i suppose the the reality of it being that um you've got a full band playing um and it sort of still has to be somewhat within the realms of kind of a, a bit of a rock show as well um and and things for everyone to kind of do within within that kind of band bolt gun kind of piece. Um, and, and within Bolt Gun, we've sort of more and more found that uh, we need to be very uh, all on the same page about, uh, I suppose, everyone being on board with all the sections of songs and making sure that we um, are all kind of into what we're doing. Um, and Bolt Gun has a, probably a much harsher kind of edge to it, Um a lot, it's a lot noisier, it's, it can be a lot meaner, it can be kind of very nice and, and quiet as well, um, but I think it has a lot more of a an intense you know, uh, kind of harshness to it at times. Um, and there were things that I was kind of writing that I knew would just be a little bit too nice or a bit too kind of classical, um, you know, four-bolt gun, but I didn't necessarily want to get rid of that stuff. Um, I still thought it was kind of um, heading in a really interesting direction. Um, you know, so, I you know, I'd have sort of 12, you know, 10, 12 minutes worth of stuff. I thought this is not really kind of bolt gun stuff, um, but I wouldn't mind expanding it and seeing where it kind of goes just as kind of a, um, I suppose, a combined sort of synth classical kind of piece, I suppose, and see see where it went. So kind of as, so how, it, how it developed, I suppose, knowing that, um, you know, lots of sections would be a little bit too, um, too nice for bolt guns. <laughs>
0: Now, when you say you're writing, like, mm. what w- was was you just writing for the sake of writing and seeing what came out of that?
1: Uh, pretty pretty much. Um, I, I started, yeah, I'm really trying to get myself out of the process of writing songs just with uh, you know a guitar kind of starting point. Because that's kind of always, always what I've done. I suppose is is play around with enough sort of stuff and ideas, guitar wise and sounds and textures, and then and build up a song that way and see and just see whether this kind of a tone or sound was going to fit with with the work. Um, but then you know, shifting into kind of the idea of more uh, film composition, going back to kind of synth. As a starting point, um, and and building up the songs kind of that way, um, and so yeah, it went back to kind of you know went back to kind of keyboard and kind of piano, and 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 then went back to kind of um, yeah, looking at kind of orchestral arrangements that I could kind of do with that, uh, and then adding guitar stuff kind of later. Um, so that's kind of my my process for the for the float beneath the sun stuff, um, and it's probably a little bit of how the that. Probably crosses over into how a, a bit of the the newer bolt gun stuff is kind of written as well, with with guitar coming in later in my writing process, um, and trying to think about more of I suppose the the, the totality of the of the song um, earlier on. I guess, yeah.
0: And so, in kind of building up this idea of what this album was going to be, mm-hmm. in in terms of that sound, that kind of landscape of I don't know if you want to call it instrumentation or, or whatever. Mm. When, when did you feel like, hey, this is kind of what I'm going for?
1: I think when I when I came across some uh, some synth type noises and um, and working with you know, strings, um, and I kind of locked into a few things that that I suppose went, oh, that's that's reminds me a lot of. Um, things like uh you know johan johansson's uh sicario soundtrack which i loved and i was like that that's exactly kind of the sound that kind of really hit me um and i suddenly just yeah kind of became very passionate about trying to build up that kind of um atmosphere uh with some of the some of the sounds and some of the uh the stuff that that the synth could kind of do um and then just really playing around, playing around with that, um, and and it's one of those kind of processes that um, I don't really know how um, how how those songs get kind of finished. You know, in a weird way, they uh, they sort of just build up from from one part to the next, and then I then I'll leave it for a, for a week or two and come back to it. Um, and I think, oh yeah, there's another sort of melody that will kind of pop out, uh, to me. So then I'll play around and try and find something, uh, and I suppose a a register that kind of fits in with that. And then at some point it's sort of kind of finished and done, but it's not necessarily planned out. It's kind of built up, um, sort of layer by layer until it's kind of, I suppose, finished enough to, to to kind of be called a, a track, I suppose. Um yeah, it's, I suppose if that, if that kind of very different to, I think a conscious kind of, uh, you know, this is what's going to happen at, you know, at the one minute mark and then the three minute mark, and then I want it to go here and there. It's, it's it's a, it's a bit more kind of, um, based on feel and, and, and time of going back and forth to it.
0: Sort of, um, perhaps like moving slightly back in the process or maybe mm. not, um, so you're in a in a mood or you've got some time where you say "All right I want to work on um this this piece of music what, what is it that you're doing like is it particular moods you're in is there a particular an environment you're in is there a particular i don't know way you're approaching it how do you sort of move the piece forward creatively
1: yeah i, I think I think that's kind of a difficult one i, I mean i I work in kind of in bursts of, of writing, um, and depends what's kind of going on in, you know, in, in sort of the rest of my life and work and family life. And, um, and, and so I think, I mean, last year was a huge burst of stuff. Um, you know, I think I ended up writing about, you know, maybe about 90, 90 minutes of music in, in the middle of the year. Um, and then pairing that kind of back to kind of 70 minutes of of usable stuff for kind of bolt gun ideas. Uh, And then I was just in this kind of space where I wanted to do something different, but it's kind of being fueled by um, other things that are kind of going on in my life. Um, And and just kind of, you know, another album sort of came came out of that kind of process. Um, And and I think it goes back to probably your... uh, you know, your question around, you know, why, why, why do it in, in, instead of the bolt gun stuff or, or what was kind of different. And, um, and I think it was, you know, wanting to do something that was just, you know, with, with my own thoughts uh, and, and emotions, I suppose, uh, at the forefront. Um, and I was, doing, I was doing quite a bit of work at the time, um, you know, with, uh, with young people, at the the children's hospital here who were very sick um, and just thinking about, uh, I suppose, the intensity of that kind of work um, and and thinking about my own family and my own children. Um, So the whole thing became kind of a a personal kind of, I suppose, somewhat of a reflective process of wanting to create something that uh, tapped into, you know, probably core emotions around, um, you know, you know kind of fear i suppose was in there quite a bit about you know these kind of awful things that you can see kind of happen to to poor people and their and their families and their kids and um and and i th- also think i wanted to create something that was kind of nice and and kind of hopeful as well around and and so this kind of two ideas of of looking at you know my own kind of intense kind of fears that were coming out of, of that sort of work um and uh and i suppose wanting something also kind of nice that that you know that there were tracks there that that my own my own kids wouldn't mind listening to as well so <laughs> trying trying to broaden the the appeal out as well and some and some of that some of that music um was you know kind of written uh you know with with my kids kind of floating around and and messing around with the guitar pedals on the <laughs> they weren't they weren't plugged in but, but messing around in the in the studio here and, and I kind of like that it was a bit more more kind of personal and um and yeah a bit more kind of uh i think connected to how uh, i suppose how I was going rather than a, a a broader external kind of concept of something which is kind of very much bolt gun sort of stuff it's kind of you know uh, external kind of idea um, that we all work towards. This is more of an internal thing.
0: So I've seen you mention in a, a piece you did for, I think it was Astral Noise, um, mm. about the fact that you, there were particular scores that you were listening to quite a bit while you were in this creative period. Like, How, mm. how do those inform what you're doing?
1: Uh, the... On a on a musical level, I suppose it, it, it took me back to to looking at um, you know just playing around with different key signatures and seeing seeing how were these kind of scores put together and then these kind of simple melodic lines that that really stuck in, in your mind um, you know how were they kind of done on a, on a practical level um, but but I also sort of realised that there's you know, sometimes you find these scores that, are, um, if you listen to them, you know, enough times by themselves without the the movie in mind, which is really hard to do. I think if you if you've seen the movies so much, um, there were these beautiful pieces of music in themselves, and I don't think I'd quite sort of connected with that idea, um, and, and things that were kind of made terrifying because of the the imagery that was kind of put to it, um, and the way it was kind of matched up with certain films, um, you know, had these, you know, really wonderful kind of, um, beautiful kind of sections. Um, and it, it, I can always come back to kind of, you know, Howard Shaw's kind of work. I, I, found, um, you know, I listened to science of the lamps called heaps, um, for that kind of reason, because it's actually a really beautiful piece of music by itself when it, when it kind of gets moving, um, but kind of terrifying as well. And you can quite quickly shift it into something that's kind of, uh, you know, very, very scary quite quickly, but then take it out into something else. Um, you know, and I mentioned, you know, I listened to kind of, uh, you know, Johan Johansson's kind of work and he, you know, he does that kind of, uh, I mean, it's such a shame he's, he's gone now. Um, you know, he, he could, uh, he could do really stripped back kind of atmospheric kind of very grim sort of stuff. And then he can write these beautiful, uh, you know, very almost kind of traditional classical kind of lines as well. Um, but, but kind of, I suppose I locked into his kind of, his synth kind of sound on kind of Sicario at different times. Um, you know, Hans Zimmer's kind of, you know, of course, someone that, that sort of pops up lots when you're looking at, uh, film score. Um, and so, and you know, his his uh, soundtrack for for you know, the second Blade Runner uh, movie with with Benjamin Wallfisch kind of composing that as well. That was that's that's a, an immense kind of soundtrack. I love that. Um, and yeah, and just and just going back to kind of um, uh, I suppose seeing how those things were kind of constructed, seeing how that music was kind of constructed, seeing what kind of tools were being used as well. Like there's a practicality around, you know, you know, these guys don't always, you know, go and hire a, you know, a gigantic orchestra all the time. Um, you know, they're also sort of in, in studios doing stuff. And I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to be hiring you know, these huge orchestras. Um, how am I going to get something that's kind of, tapping into that sort of sound and that kind of world I suppose um, yeah, <laughs> at, a, at a much more kind of practical level so yeah that's kind of it's probably yeah it's probably a certain number of factors I suppose about how how that kind of informs the process yeah emulation mm-hmm. I think is is always kind of there you know it's kind of like oh, ah yeah, that's that's fucking cool i gotta you know how do they how do they do that how do they how do they get that kind of sound and what have i got at my disposal how can i kind of get that what can i do with the, the guitar there to kind of build it up and um you know and, and things like you know things like kind of um you know sun uh you know i think uh know the, the atmospherics of kind of sun uh and trying to you know that sort of that always kind of resonates me with me quite a lot and then and trying to infuse that with other things that I like, and I think it always comes down to you know, stuff that I I really like and, and resonates with me on some level, and then how you know, how do I you know do something kind of new with that, or kind of smash them together and create something slightly different, or and um, I, I think there's there's lots of that probably goes on for for lots of um, lots of creative people, I think.
0: You mentioned the guitar there. <clears throat> guitar being usually kind of a foreign instrument to the world of scoring. Talk a little bit about including that and writing those parts.
1: Um, uh, the, the guitars were probably always done at the end, um, and you know it's, it's the instrument that I'm most familiar with. I suppose I've been playing playing that the kind of longest. Um, I think it's a, a lot of it was a process of of finding something that was going to happen on the guitar that I could do with the guitar that would kind of fit in with, with what was already there. Um, and, and because it's probably the more familiar kind of instrument, it, it was probably easier to do towards the end anyway and get the bulk of it kind of where I want it to go, get the atmospherics kind of right, and then see what see what could be added with the guitar. And there's some there's some sections of, of that, of Float Beneath the Sun album that, you know, there, there really isn't much kind of guitar stuff needed or, or going on, or there's very, very kind of light, sort of clean repetitive sort of, you know, uh, picking going on. Um, or there's, you know, a very, very, very kind of low in the mix sort of clean loop going on. Um, and so I want to, I, I suppose I'm more and more playing around with the, the, the idea of, of also not having heaps and heaps of post production kind of work and mix mix work kinda of going on that, that the stuff that gets recorded was recorded because it 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 sat well enough with everything that was kinda of there and, and and it pokes through the mix itself because of um because where it sits on that instrument and, and you know what you know what kind of range it's kind of having um rather than trying to, you know, record it and then you know, wrangle it into some sort of way of popping out in, in the music. Um, so, so the you know, i sort of trying to make life a bit easier for myself uh, on on the mix side of things when, when I'm doing guitar stuff as well. It either fits in or it doesn't. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure if I answer your question, Ben, but yeah, I think that's kind of um, it's probably how I how I approach the the guitar stuff. It's really an additive, atmospherics thing, not not necessarily. You know, this is this is the song, and you know, this is the guitar song part of it. You know,
0: when we talk about film scores, obviously we're talking about audio accompaniments to a visual medium, or you know, depending on how you want to emphasise those two. Mm. Did you have anything visual in mind when you were working on this album?
1: Um, probably not, to be honest. Um. I think it was kind of, I think it was, uh, more in my head, probably more of a visual kind of blank space, probably filled up with, you know, the imagery, the imagery that's in my head, uh, is probably more of that kind of personal imagery, you know, that kind of sort of nonverbal stuff floating around, um, based on, you know, the things i was kind of talking about before around um you know the kind of awful things that, that can happen and and i suppose the situations that kind of face that would face me as a parent as well about um you know not just kind of mortality of your of your own children but mortality of yourself and how you uh, how you approach that um so heaps of imagery but not necessarily in a in a cinematic way, but just kind of, um, yeah, just sort of floating around. And I think that's somewhat the driver a lot of the time for me that, that only, only in retrospect, do I probably make sense of it, that there's, that there's stuff kind of floating around non-verbally that I, uh, need to do something with, um, and not everything can be, um, I suppose, talked about to kind of made sense of and, and, and process to, to kind of then settle and feel okay with um, some things are kind of, you know, stuck there in a, in a nonverbal kind of way, or just in, in flashes of, of images sort of way. And what do you, what do you do with that to kind of um, to, to process it and to kind of, to settle them in, in some sense. So I think that's the, that's the, the, the stuff floating around from probably, uh, you know, there's probably kind of mood states that, that are kind of post waking and post, post-dreaming sort of things going on for me um, right through to very conscious things that, uh, you know, that I, that I kind of struggled with, um, you know, that were, that were very kind of conscious um, and, and and very kind of vivid in in an image sense. Um, So, and I think, you know, that's always, nothing is clear is clearly kind of cut or kind of very, um, well defined, you know, mixed in with everything. I think people do is is also their kind of uh, you know their hopes and their, and their dreams and things that they kind of want to do um, with their life and kind of musically and and because they're they're kind of shifting this stuff into something kind of new. So you know, I, I've always been uh, fascinated about this idea that that people create kind of scores for films and. and um, you know what an awesome way <laughs> what an awesome way for them to kind of uh, you know use their music musical skills to to have a career as well and um, and it's it's somewhat kind of you know taking a piece of that and, and sort of go oh, well you know you know that's not my life that's not my career but I you know I'll, I'll do it <laughs> I'll do it anyway um, you know I'll make something that's kind of cinematic anyway um so yeah there's, there's that sort of stuff in there as well
0: now you work with uh, Paul W Rankin to make a short film for part of the track um, "Float Beneath the Sun." Talk a little bit about that.
1: Yes, yeah, so, so Paul, um, you know, I've never met Paul. I've only I've only spoken to him. He, he's uh, he's on the other side of the country. Um, you know, it's only just been over online, I suppose. Um, and I came across Paul by a uh, recommendation from from Lawrence English, uh, who. I just been chatting to every now and then, um, you know, and, I'm, you know, and wanting to see whether some of the stuff that I was kind of working with ever fit within, uh, the stuff that, 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 room 40 kind of put out. Um, but also really wanting to, you know, Lawrence has a little bit of a reputation of being the, <laughs> an extremely generous, kind of very nice guy. Um, and so, you know, he, he was always very kind of, uh, Happy to have a listen to mixes and things, and just kind of you know quickly kind of share his thoughts about about how things were kind of sounding. Um, and, and he was kind of a, I think there's there's people like that that you kind of send stuff to. Um, that give you some honest kind of feedback that sort of you know pushes you to keep kind of doing stuff. Um, and and just kind of in chatting to him, uh, you know, and talking about kind of putting some some imagery to it, and you know for for promotional kind of purposes, but also to kind of almost, um, yeah, you know, if you, you know, if you could afford to get something kind of you know massive and awesome put together, you know, you know who would you kind of get to do it? Um, and, and he was one of the, you know, Paul Paul Rankin was one of the people that Lawrence English kind of mentioned, and uh, so I just sent some stuff to him and um, and just gave him kind of free reign, really, kind of to to put together. What what he kind of felt um, you know, from the music and, and where he thought he you know he'd like to kind of take it. I didn't give him too many kind of parameters really, but I, I wanted something kind of abstract. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and it kind of it, yeah, it sort of worked out kind of um, a very very kind of smooth you know operation really with Paul. I think within my... Like, seven days eight days he sent back kind of the final thing so it's um yeah it was it was awesome working with him and i I definitely would like to do some more stuff with him he's great
0: something i'm always fascinated with by instrumental artists is Mm. the fact that they you know sometimes they'll just title it number one number two number three number four but more than often um albums tracks will have titles what is the significance of those to you for this particular album
1: um, yeah, I, I think they, I think album titles always grow in significance. I think, um, uh, I'm not sure whether other, you know, the musicians do the same thing, but I often will kind of land on a, on a collection of, of words and within titles. And then within a month I realized that actually there's, there's somewhat, there's a few little kind of themes floating around in there already, um, and then it's when people kind of ask you about it, you realise, oh, and you try and you try, <laughs> try and verbalise kind of what or what they're about, you realise that, that that they they may be kind of connected to a few different things that that you probably weren't necessarily well, I wasn't too kind of aware of, um, but I mean there's sort of a there's sort of a kind of a water sort of theme in there within kind of, um, you know, the, the floating kind of idea. Um, you know, there's kind of a, it's all, there's a few kind of swans. I'm a a big swans fan as well. There's a few kind of swans references in there that kind of tap in also to, um, you know, her horror kind of imagery from, from different kind of movies and and things, like things like, um, you know, just the, the title kind of, you know, float beneath the sun. I mean, that's, that's, that's sort of straight out of a, you know, a Michael Girard kind of lyric from an old Swan song. But also it, it, that that line always kind of remind me of of, of some scenes from um, Silence of the Lambs um, for some reason. I think it's kind of, you know, the you know, bodies kind of pulled from rivers and things like that um, and things floating in rivers. And by then I also was, you know, looking at the idea of, um you know the, enough amb- ambiguity in song titles that you know that the song is not kind of all horror and terrifying or kind of intense in that way you know it could actually just be sort of people sort of relaxing and, and kind of you know floating around kind of feeling really good as well and and, and so there's kind of is there's that's there's kind of dragged from the river as well there's kind of you know it's it's um you know it, it's either being kind of pulled out and you're okay or you're not okay. It's kind of, it's either rescued or, or retrieved in that sense. Um, uh, yeah, uh, LVA, um, you know, is, um, is kind of a combination of, uh, of like you know, alien <laughs> kind of themes, I suppose, around naming kind of planets. Um, and it's got a, kind of got an alien, you know, planet naming kind of world. Um, but mixed in with uh, you know sort of a, a bit of a cryptic kind of anagram as well that, that's sort of personal for me. Um, so it's kind of yeah, it's kind of a, that sort of stuff going going on I think. Um, and the last the last track is um, is really kind of you thinking around how to how to round out um, a, a film score I suppose and, and and a sense of kind of relief. Within that, and that's kind of the credits, the credits theme, I suppose. Um, yeah, there's always always a mixture of stuff for me. It's never, and I don't think it's ever that sort of conscious. Um, it sort of becomes kind of a, uh, a clear thing later when you talk about it, I suppose, or clearer anyway.
0: <laughs> Last question: um, What have you been listening to, watching, or reading lately?
1: Ah. Uh... Reading wise, um, you know, fiction wise, I sort of went back to kind of reading. Um, I'd never read Carrie before, so I've just started reading Carrie. Um, I was my my grandmother uh, who passed away a few years ago, but but a long time ago, she um, she had a quite phenomenal collection of uh, of Stephen King hardbacks that she she gifted me in boxes. Um, so I've always got. I've always got heaps of kind of Stephen King stuff to (laughs) to drag out whenever I want some more some more fiction. So I went back to um, and really like this. You know, she bought these things as kind of like first editions when they were released in Australia. So they're all (laughs) they're all yellowing and um, which I quite like. It kind of adds to it. So I'm reading a a bit of um, old Stephen King, Um, and uh, movie wise, what a. I've been terrible, terrible kind of movies. I haven't seen much lately. Um, I've been listening to uh, the Mandy soundtrack quite a lot. Um, again, I sort of you know, I really like Johan Johansson, and, and it, was, it was interesting. I I listened to that kind of soundtrack, um, um, and there's lots of ideas that uh, kind of fuse in with some of the stuff that I was kind of that I was kind of working on as well. And um, but I really I really like that soundtrack. Um uh I always listen to quite a quite a bit of Lawrence English lately. I, I always night times I've often got kind of earth playing. Um yeah. Boron under club of gore is always kind of uh, stuff that's kinda of floating around in the house and the next I listen to quite a lot. Um you know, but then I'll also have uh you know, I'll have kind of classic FM going during the day. Um you know, I was listening to uh, uh, you know, behind them is a radio program over here um, called behind the mirror it's run out of RTRFM, and they've got a yeah they behind the mirror program is, is awesome so I was listening to uh, collapse and um, there, there was a bunch of other industrial things kind of uh, on the other day as well so I was listening to that sort of restreaming that while I was doing some work and so it's just kind of he- heaps of stuff I suppose um, yeah I try and listen to as much different stuff as possible um, and, and just kind of let that, that sort of wash wash over me, I suppose.
0: That was dragged from the river by John Valor from his debut album, Float Beneath the Sun. Really, really interesting album there. I, it's... Just because it's the way it's composed, it kind of it never lets you quite have that moment of euphoria culmination that a lot of I think a lot of bands, regardless of style, have. And so it it kind of gets you to think a little bit more and feel out what's actually going on. So a really really enjoyable experience. Before I finish up, I want to recommend another album. This is Joyless Euphoria's album, Dreaming in Ultraviolet. Now, like, there's a lot of variety in the kind of the post-black metal whatever space. I don't know if that word really has any meaning, but, like, it kind of conveys a certain type of music, I guess. And this, you know, this one's kind of the high production. It's not repetitive. And I think it really captures the essence of the genre. It's euphoric, you know, pardon the pun, yet somehow you know, sad. Uh, the vocals are well-rounded and they're properly placed in the mix, and the the songwriting is complex, I guess, but not complicated. And I mean, it's not simplistic like black metal often often has a sort of tendency to gravitate towards, but it's not sort of overly technical in that sort of bizarre sense. So I think it really, if you're a fan of the genre, it, it really kind of. For me, it kind of captures all the things that I kind of love about it. I was reading a little bit about it. I, some people have said it's a little unambitious and they're probably right about that. But if you are a fan of post-black metal or whatever you want to call it, I definitely think this is something you'll enjoy and it's definitely something I enjoyed. That's it for the show. If you have any questions, comments, if you're in a band and you're interested in an interview, hit me up, australianhunger at com, or you can hit me up on various social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Oz Hunger, that's A-U-S Hunger. But I'll be back next week. Bye!